When you get knocked down, get back up. When you get beat down, get back up. When you think it's all over and you can't go any further, get back in the game. During difficult times, you must never forget who you are and where you are going. Know that to lose is to gain. And also know there's no growth without adversity. PFAM, let's review. Quitting is not an option for success again. Failure can propel you to success if you refuse to quit. Maintaining a steady position of quitting is not an option can get you on the road to success. Your focus must include, one, your commitment to stay in the game. Two, your refusal to fear failure. If you're afraid to fail, you can't possibly succeed. You'll find yourself paralyzed, terrified, scared to do anything at all because it might not work. And so there you stay, stuck forever. Your refusal to quit, even if you've already failed, what if you put your all into it? And despite your best efforts, you fell flat on your face. What then? You must have a willingness to get up, dust yourself off, and praise God for what you learned as a result. And with his help, you keep trying. I'm pretty well acquainted with failure. I think we all are. I've made some mistakes, some of them pretty stupid ones. I think lots of people can relate to that too. Look at something as simple as New Year's resolutions. A study by Inc. Magazine says that a staggering 92% of people who set goals at the beginning of the year never achieve them. In fact, eight out of 10 bail on those goals within a month. Haven't you been there? Businesses don't do much better. Nine out of 10 startups fail. In fact, wrote one entrepreneur and expert, the situation is so grim, entrepreneurs may even want to write their failure postmortem before they launch their business. Fast forward five years down the road and only half of all small businesses still have their doors open. I know all about failure. I've been up close and personal with it before. You may have been too. You may be even starting at it right now, but I also know failure is not the end. And I know quitting is not an option. I know this because my own experience shouts it. And if my experience isn't enough to persuade you that failure is not the end and that you should never quit, I've got some pretty convincing examples of people who stared failure right in the face and used that experience to become some of the world's most dynamic successes. Let's look at British adventurer, writer, and Northern Ireland television star, Edward Michael Bear Grillis. One of the most celebrated survivalists in the world says survival can be summed up in three words, never give up. That's the heart of it, really. 
Just keep trying. His mantra is simple. Be brave, inquisitive, prepared for the journey, ready for anything, unafraid to fail. Never be afraid of failure. It is your best tool for success. If that seems counterintuitive, consider this. Once you fail, you fail. It's all uphill from there. You don't have to worry about failing anymore because you've done it. It's over. You're free to go anywhere you want and to do anything you set your mind to all without fear. Fear cripples. Failure endows you with the freedom to succeed, to create a new life as you walk or run away from the I can't attitude you carried before that failure. Failure can make you smarter. Everyone fails. The one who ends up being successful have one simple characteristic in common. They refuse to give up. But did you know it can actually make you smarter? Yes, failure can make you smarter. That's not just me talking. It's based on scientific research and the results are compelling. Before we talk about that science, let's take a look at a few scientists who overcame their own bouts with failure. These standouts will continue making a case for failure and what it can do for you. Sir Isaac Newton, in a misguided plan, if there ever was one, his mother pulled him out of school when he was just a boy so he could run the family farm. He failed miserably, miserably. Some would have taken that failure as a general commentary on his abilities for everything else, too. But Isaac begged to go back to school because he knew he could do other things. Then he persuaded his mother to let him enroll in Cambridge University. Newton went on to become one of the greatest scientists of all times, revolutionizing physics and mathematics. In addition to his work on gravity, he developed the three laws of motion that are the basis of modern physics and discovered calculus. So much for his failure on the family farm. Thomas Edison. Thomas is almost legendary for his inventions, but should be almost as well regarded for his failures. When all was said and done, he held more than a thousand patents and invented a number of devices that literally changed the world, including the incandescent light bulb, the phonograph, a movie camera, the dictaphone, the world's first electric lamp, and the kinetoscope. He also greatly improved the telephone by inventing the carbon microphone. Sounds like an amazingly accomplished man, and he was, but there were plenty of failures along the way. Consider this. Edison made a thousand unsuccessful attempts at inventing the light bulb before he came up with one that worked. Hearing of the process, a reporter chided him by asking, how did it feel to fail a thousand times? Edison replied, I didn't fail a thousand times. The light bulb was an invention with 1,000 steps. On another occasion, he said, great success is built on failure, frustration, even catastrophe. I have not failed. I just found 10,000 ways 
that won't work. Finally, Edison said our greatest weakness lies in giving up. The most certain way to succeed is always to try just one more time. In attempting to develop his vacuum, Sir James Dyson went through 5,126 failed prototypes and used all his savings during the 15 years he struggled. But he kept trying, just as Edison advised, and the 5,127th prototype worked. Dyson went on to become the best-selling bagless vacuum brand in the United States. According to Forbes, the man who refused to give up after more than 5,000 failures is now worth an estimated $4.5 billion. And what about Charles Darwin? He wanted to be a physician, but his academic performance just didn't cut it. Abandoning his career in medicine, he decided to go to school to become a parson, a member of the clergy, more commonly known as a rector of Vicar. But deciding not to give up on the sciences, Darwin put aside his academic failures and focused on his studies of nature. He subsequently traveled the world to uncover the mysteries of nature, his writings especially, his pioneering on the origin of the species rocked the scientific community and introduced the theory of evolution. These were all without question, very, very smart people, and they all had more than their share of failures. Knowing what we know now, it's a good bet those failures contributed to the intelligence that enabled them to change the world. Here's how it works. Consider the way you traditionally learned in the classroom. Your teacher introduced something to you, showed you how to do it, and then let you practice. That's a proven method of teaching everything from tying shoes to turning on a light to solving algebra equations to reciting historical dates. But the results of an experiment published and cognitive science may cause us to reconsider that way of doing things and give us a lot to think about when it comes to failure. In the experiment, groups of students were taught to solve math problems. The first group was taught the traditional way. Things were done in a radically different way with the second group. Those students were given the problems to solve on their own. No one introduced the concept or showed them how to solve the problems until after they had tried several times to work things out on their own. The results were striking. The students in the second group, the ones who had tried it out on their own first and who had to try and fail a few times before getting it right, had a significantly greater conceptual understanding of the math. Not only that, they were able to transfer what they had learned to other problems much better than the students in the first group. The students in the second group did come to their knowledge by the wave of a magic wand. In fact, they almost never figured out the solution on their own. Someone still had to show them, but the act of trying and failing gave them a deeper understanding of the problems and their solutions. In other words, when someone shows you the right way to do something, before you do it, 
you memorize the information, but may not necessarily understand it. When you have to stumble around and fumble a little, in other words, fail first, that knowledge gets thoroughly embedded in your mind. The next time you encounter something similar, regardless of the situation, you get it. Discussion of this scientific evidence is from Jeff Stiebel, The Science Behind Failure, How It Actually Makes You Smarter. A reporter commenting on the study said, the message is clear. Get out there and fail, but make it about learning, not risk-taking. It's what our brains evolved to do, and it's the only way to get exceptionally good at anything. In other words, failure does make you smarter, and when you're smarter, you have a greater chance to succeed. There are benefits of failure, so let's look at those who capitalize. In addition to making you smarter, failure also does some other important things for you. That's if you approach it well. Start by recognizing, really accepting that everyone fails. It's a universal experience. No one is immune and it's nothing to be ashamed of. A few years ago, two innovative employees started what they called the failure wall. This was at LinkedIn. They sneaked in after hours and used permanent markers to write a bunch of quotes about failure on a large wall. After one of them left, the other wrote some of his most humbling failures on the wall. Other employees saw it right away as it caught on. Other employees, partners, and even family members came and added their failures to the wall. Soon, it was absolutely littered with failures. Before long, the press caught wind of it. It was featured with mixed reviews on NPR's Here and Now in the Los Angeles Times and in Huff's and in HuffPost Live. Reflecting on the wall two years later, the original contributor learned four important things about failure. The first is that failure helps you grow and innovate quickly. If you want to get better at what you do, want to pull yourself out of a rut, want to succeed, fail. It's the best tool you have. Second is that we should all feel safe in admitting our failures. Remember Edison, he didn't blanch when asked how he felt about going through a thousand prototypes for the light bulb. He didn't need to. He realized he wasn't the first to experience failure, nor would he be the last. He also knew those failures led to success, something you can remember every time you screw in a light bulb. The third thing the failure wall demonstrated is that old failures disappear once they are acknowledged. Those who wrote on the wall use permanent markers, but those failures might not live up to their name very well because within a few months, the failures that were jotted down started to fade. Within about nine months, they had completely vanished. And that's what happens with failure. Acknowledge it and it's no longer front and center in your mind. It starts to fade as you focus on other things, like how you're going to build on that failure to accomplish something wonderful. Get it out. Let it go. Finally, the failure wall taught that failure is really no big deal. Acknowledge it. Learn from it and try not to repeat it 
And what happens from there can be the stuff of miracles. After stumbling alone for a while, you will suddenly experience an aha moment. And what happens next may very literally change the course of history, if not the nation's at least yours. That's what happened to a number of prominent business leaders who floundered around with one failure after another before landing the success for which they are remembered. Get ready for some more household names because you're certain to recognize these, if not for their failures, for their dramatic successes. Colonel Harlan David Sanders had what we might call a troubled employment history. Over the years, he was fired from dozens of jobs. Then he finally landed on an idea he really thought would work. He developed a recipe for fried chicken using, and you're sure to have heard this, 11 herbs and spices. He thought it was finger looking good and banked on others feeling the same way. Well, they didn't. He traversed the country, trying to sell his chicken at more than a thousand different restaurants. None agreed that his recipe was anything special. Not a single one agreed to carry it as a menu item. More than a few cracked jokes about his bow tie and starch white suit. It would have been easy, even natural for the colonel to give up. That was more than a thousand rejections, but he kept going. And what happened next was exactly what he had dreamed of. A business deal in Utah came through, and today there are more than 18,000 Kentucky Fried Chickens or KFC franchises around the world. Sometimes you have to use failure to move you from one plan to another. Vera Wang had always dreamed of competing on the U.S. figure skating team in the Olympics. She didn't make the team that was a situation she couldn't change, so she moved on to plan B. She set her sights on the top position at Vogue and was hired as an editor at the prestigious publication. Once again, she failed. She was passed over for promotion to the position of editor-in-chief. It was another situation she couldn't change, but she could change her goals, and she moved on to plan C, leveraging what she learned from her first two failures, she came up with a strategy. At the age of 40, she entered an industry dominated by those much younger, and she began designing wedding gowns. Today, she is one of the premier designers in the fashion industry with a business worth more than a billion. The greatest thing in life is experience. Even mistakes have value. Once again, PFAM, even mistakes have value. Thank you for listening. I hope you found today's episode valuable and inspiring. Remember, you have the power to reinvent your past and revolutionize your future. If you want to continue on your journey towards emotional freedom, and achieving your full potential, be sure to visit drdcarol.com. That's D-R-D-E-E-C-A-R-R-O-L-L.com for more resources and information. Again, thank you for listening. And until next time, remember, 
that quitting is not an option.